Welcome to the new Colombo Plan Series podcast. My name is Andrew. I am your host as always. And this is part two of episode 17, where I speak with Haley and Nash about their new Colombo Plan scholarship interview. Right now, I know a lot of applicants are doing the interviews, and I thought that this would be a great opportunity to share what Haley and Nash did for their um, the day when they were actually in Canberra for the interviews. I hope you all enjoy. Back with part two with Nash and Haley. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And in this part, uh, after reliving memory lane, obviously in Singapore and all over Asia, uh, we have to talk about how both of you um, actually got there and it was through the new Colombo Plan Scholarship. And currently right now, the 2021 cohort is doing the uh, doing the applications. Uh, they've recently, I believe, just submitted the applications yesterday. And um, I'm sure both of you will remember nervousness of just waiting for the response, whether you got shortlisted or not, whether we'll be flying into camera to do that interview. Uh, I would just love to spend some time with both of you to tell us your, your experience actually flying into camera to do the interview and if you have any advice. Okay, so this is a funny story, actually. (laughs) Okay, so I fly into Canberra overnight. I get um, from Perth. It's quite a long flight, maybe like five hours. I get into Canberra, get to the hotel, wake up the next morning. I'm like, okay, I'm gone to my interview. It's going to be fine. I've got enough time. I get all dressed and ready. I'm walking down outside the hotel, down the street in Canberra. I think this is my first time in Canberra or like my second time in Canberra, so I'm very lost. I'm trying to find where the DFAT building is and I see this very strapping young lad in a suit, looks like a James Bond agent, like with a briefcase, waltzing down the street and it's Nash and I say, (laughs) oh, hi, are you going for the new Colombo plan interview? And he goes... Yeah, yeah. And um, so I say, oh, what time's your interview? And it, my interview is at like 9.30. And Nash says, oh, mine's at 10.30. I'm just heading there now because I don't want to be late. And I thought, and it was maybe like 9.10 at this stage. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm late <laughs> for my interview. <laughs> so I feel terrible. Oh. I'm like, oh, no, I've screwed the whole thing up. I'm so late. Look at this James Bond guy. He's so on time. <laughs> I'm should, getting... should have sent me that photo of if you had a photo of him in that suit. <laughs> I didn't. I'm getting so psyched out by Nash, who's like super tall, intimidating me because I'm like, very short um and so i rush to the dfat building i'm like sweating when i get there and then i'm like okay Haley, remember the video the if you guys haven't watched it yet rob maliki does an awesome video on youtube about the new colombo plan video and in the video he says you should go to the bathroom before your interview and power pose so <laughs> i go up they take me upstairs and they like put you in a waiting room and I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to go to the bathroom and I get into the bathroom and I'm like power posing, which I would, I would demonstrate, but Rob does it better in the interview. So you got to like, you got to stretch out and then do your Angela, Angela Merkel hands and things. Um, so I got into the, the bathroom, did some power posing, got out, did my interview, the panel 
are very nice and they're not trying to trip you up. They're trying to see the best um, parts of you and managed to complete it all. Wow. In one piece. It was a hectic experience <laughs> and I'm not blaming Nash for ratcheting oh up God. the tension, but I did have <laughs> slight anxiety that day. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Possibly yeah. <laughs> correlated with our encounter. <laughs> How's your experience, Nash? <laughs> yeah, so as you've heard, I rocked up to the interview very early. So I spent like half an hour outside just chilling, reading over my notes, enjoying the fresh air. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't quite go into the bathroom to do power poses as I had not watched that, <laughs> that interview, that video before. Um, no, but like my, the, my strategy for the interview was just to sort of get why I wanted this scholarship across. Um, and really just answer the questions because as Haley said, they're not trying to trip you up. Um, it's the, the very chill interview panel. Um, all know their stuff. So it's just like demonstrate why you think NCP is good. Um, what benefits NCP has to Australia, to ASEAN, to the Indo-Pacific. Mm. Um, and that's, that's really it. Just be genuine about it. This, yeah. I think what Nash says is really true and having that why you want the scholarship is so important. The other thing to note is that your inter interview panel will be made up of country experts for the country that you're applying for. So it's really important that you know things about the country that you're going to. <laughs> so whether that's books, documentaries yeah. on Netflix, YouTube, yep. podcasts, talking to Nash, you need to find out everything you can about your country you're going to know about the organizations that are leading in your field that you want to study know about your uni and what makes it unique and maybe some of the professors know about um, the economics and the political situation you can read some info on the DFAT website just to um, really know demonstrate that you have done your research, you know what you're getting yourself into, you know what you're signing up for, you're excited about it and you're passionate about it too. 100% Haley. And I think if I may add to that point, uh, knowing about the host country is one thing and knowing all the preparation, but also knowing yourself, I think, and why you want to actually go, as you said. I think everyone, there's just so many applicants and so many interviews that they have to do. I believe they sit through the whole couple of weeks just doing straight interviews every day. So what, knowing what, who you are and what makes you stand out, what's unique. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of the storytelling and your experiences definitely are very valuable when you're doing the interview. Hmm? Definitely. Couldn't have said yeah. it better. <laughs> was, there, was there any uh, moments apart from Haley's um, interesting events um, prior to that? But was there anything that you didn't expect? Or was, like, was that your first time going to the um, uh, DFAT? Um, headquarters or was there anything that yeah. You did? yeah um i think i didn't i didn't expect us to be treated with the level of dignity and professionalism that we were treated with so the department of foreign affairs and trade really takes the new colombo plan seriously and they really um 
empower the New Colombo Plan scholars as kind of future leaders in the Indo-Pacific space. Mm. Um, and because of that, they really um, work to support you and they want what's best for you. And I think that's something that I was really grateful for and um, remarked when I was there. Mm. I think, yeah, just being able to fly to camera, you really did, speaking with the other scholars, you really did understand how big of a deal this was. So, mm. definitely. Nash? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'd just extend on that. It's like seeing how much effort and how much, like, importance they place on it just makes mm. you want to do, like, better. Like, makes you really want to take it. Like, not that I wasn't taking it seriously, <laughs> but, like, just adds that extra layer of like what you're doing here is like actually something that's going to affect not just like your life later on, but could affect other people's lives later on. And like the relationships you're making, you don't know when that like will come in handy. So it's just that extra level of importance. And I think it really demonstrates a commitment to the host countries as well and to the host country governments that, you know, Australians are really valuing opportunities to study and work in their countries. So I think that's really significant and um, exciting. Key takeaways. Uh, don't rock up 20 minutes before your interview. Uh, do your research of your host country and ping Nash on LinkedIn if you have any other questions. That's the takeaway? All right, Definitely. That's it. <laughs> awesome. So good luck to everyone doing the interviews for the uh, scholarship. Um, and I think the next topic I wanted to touch on was obviously both of you did co-found and are associated with uh, ASIP. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to, well, I spoke to Thomas last week and didn't get his take on things, but what really led to starting ASIP and what was your passion um, that's really start and stem from um, with your, uh, your involvement in this. I think Nash um, did too much work on the ASEAN reg region in his PwC internship and then just <laughs> spoke to the rest of us about it enough that we just had to start ASIP. <laughs> yeah. That was it, right, Nash? <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it was just uh, such a phenomenal opportunity for us because we had so many contacts Sorry, my housemates are having a very heated argument. No. <laughs> I'll let Nash take this one. Yeah, so it was just like, it was the right time. We were all, like, we were in love with our programs. Like, for me personally, I loved my time in Singapore. And I didn't want to, like, lose that mm. connection when I came back to Australia. And, like the opportunity was there to really emphasize that those like people to people links. And at the youth level, there wasn't a lot happening between ASEAN and Australia. And that's what ASIP seeks to change. Um, and like, it's not just at the youth level, it's the impact that you have now will like ripple out as these youth become leaders in their respective fields and their respective businesses and even like political leaders. And so it's about developing those relationships now for the future. I think that's the most important part. And secondly, like if you look at the existing relationships between uh, Australia and ASEAN, 
like ASEAN is our, um, accounts for 15% of our trade with the biggest um, two-way investment partner for Australia. Mm. Um, the ASEAN diaspora in Australia is around 900,000. Like wow. the ASEAN economic region at the moment is, I think its GDP is around 2.5 trillion and is expected to grow to the fourth largest economy as a block by 2030. Incredible. So, and like with a population of 700 odd million, like the, 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 the numbers are just like, there and for Australia to not take advantage of that and for ASEAN not to take advantage of Australia is just like, like it's mind boggling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the opportunity is there and that's really what we're seeking to like show mm. and for people to like actually take advantage of it for the good of both of us. Definitely. <laughs> well, think, yeah. <laughs> Haley, Haley, anything to add? Yeah, I think, and what Nash says about it being the right time, I think 2017 was the 50th anniversary of ASEAN. Mm. So there was this, and 2015, they declared the um, ASEAN community in terms of their political security community, their economic community, and their socio-cultural community. And there was a lot more community building efforts at the regional level. So I think um, where we had a great, where we have a great opportunity with ASIP is that right now that the youth in the ASEAN region are really working together as a region, collaborating, even though they're from really diverse backgrounds, really diverse um, cultural heritage, they're all looking to collaborate. And so it's a great opportunity for Australians to work with these 10 partners that are our direct geographical neighbours just to our northwest um, and really understand more, engage with them and work with them collaboratively into the future. I, I really do appreciate uh, what ACIP has achieved and what it aims to do. I think getting 10, let's say even from our university level, having 10, let's say 10 group mates for our team project is I mean, getting them to all do the, the project on time and everything is already a feat. So imagine 10 different countries, 10 different economies, cultures, histories, working together is definitely very, uh, it's definitely unprecedented. But if it is going to, I think it's, as you said, Haley, it's definitely the right time. And once everything gets going, I think really nothing can really stop Asian um, and the Southeast Asia, I think. <laughs> yeah yeah and i think uh that's with asip and did you uh, both of you have did have plugged some stuff with asip but is there anything else that you wanted to share uh, about asip or what asip is trying to do at the moment or anything um any new current developments um so we have launched in the past few months our new membership program mm. which gives members access to a lot of exclusive resources exclusive events um, and flagship programs that we run so we'd really encourage people to get involved and become members and join our community we have some exclusive groups on linkedin and facebook where we share a lot of opportunities um, so like our Facebook, join our ASIP Connect group, become a member, come to our events, meet us, <laughs> LinkedIn message us, mainly LinkedIn message Nash because he's <laughs> yeah. 
a fountain of knowledge and advice um, and timeliness in mm. responding. Um, but yeah, that would be my main takeaways. Nash, do you want to add any avenues oh, to get engaged? <laughs> Maybe get write for our blog. Oh, write for our blog. Um, we're looking at developing our asset review piece to be like um, a sort of spearhead of youth thought leadership around ASEAN-Australia relations. So if you have any sort of takes on that, write for our blog, write for asset review. We're looking for a variety, like diversity in thought. Um, and also get involved with uh, Asset Reset. Like that's a great opportunity for youth in the region to really uh, come up with ideas and implement those ideas in developing those people's people links that we're talking about. Mm. Um, because that's like one of the most important things in Asia. It's like you don't start a business relationship without a personal relationship. And so it's important to get that, like, to get that started first and get that solid. Amazing, uh, Nash and Haley. Uh, I think we are running quite short on time, but did you, I believe you have a question for me, Haley, or was that something? Uh... <laughs> I have a lot of questions for you. Andrew, I'm so sad. Me and no. Nash spoke for far too long. No. Um, <laughs> so both of the guests and the stars. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you, obviously you're someone, um, an Australian with ASEAN heritage, as Nash was saying, there's around a diaspora of 900,000 people with mm. ASEAN heritage in Australia. I wanted to ask, what's your view on the ASEAN-Australia relationship and maybe even on Australia's internal relationship with our Southeast Asian talent? Mm. As I will try to answer that in about two minutes. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that is a very interesting question, uh, Haley. I think for myself, uh, my heritage is uh, Vietnamese and I was born here. I was on my first generation uh, with my family being born uh, in Vietnam and coming after the war. Uh, I think the relationship that Australia and the Asian region is very, I think it's developing and it, it was because it wasn't as a cohesive unit, if I could even say that in the past. And so it was very hard for Australia to really focus on the region because the, the focus was really, uh, I guess, uh, split between a lot of partners. And I think most before it was very much in Singapore or the more developed nations that Australia could really, uh, I guess, um, create a relationship with and they understood because uh, of the developed markets. Uh, I guess that's the professional answer. But for me, I think for, the, for myself and what I see for the future um, as a potential, potentially working and living overseas in the future um, to work, it does bring so much, I think, so much uh, curiosity and knowledge because in my household, there are fragments of like Vietnamese culture. Obviously, the food is the everyday, not to make you both jealous, but it's, it's just there and the language is there. But once you actually go to Vietnam and live there for even a short amount of time, like two to three weeks, uh, you, I, I realize how much I need to actually learn as a as a Vietnamese Australian. Uh, I'm sure both of you realize that as well, uh, traveling to so many different countries and only really touching the tip of the iceberg for each country. So I think that's what gets me excited about. There's so much to learn uh, from people um, in the region and people that have grown up there. And for us uh, Australians to uh, return that favor and to, I guess, act as a reciprocity to 
show them and to give them what it is or what it means to be Australian, whatever that is. Um, there's a lot of interpretations, uh, but uh, good interpretations nonetheless. So I think that's what really uh, drives me and that's what really gets me excited. Yeah. Great to hear, Andrew. Yeah, I can't imagine what that must be like. You know, you've got the tip of the iceberg, as you say, and then going yeah. to Vietnam and feeling those signs of familiarity, but also feeling like you've got to uncover the rest of the iceberg must be, yeah, yeah. really interesting. No, Yeah, and um, I'm sure uh, both of your experiences, I hope today I've um, allowed you to relive a lot of the moments um, in Singapore and around Asia. I think the, one of the reasons why I actually started the series as well is that obviously you would be telling the stories and um, to your family and your close friends. Um, mm -hmm. And there's like a mutual understanding that both of you have, obviously, uh, that all of the experiences and the stories that you've both been through. But it's just nice to, I think, sit down and just look through the photos, just to have a moment to think about what you've accomplished. Because a year and a half uh, goes by really quickly, as you can both see. But there was just so much happening and both of you have accomplished so much. So thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing that with me. Thanks for the opportunity, Andrew. Thanks for having us, Andrew. I think Nash and I were just saying we were on a call preparing our notes, so we told the same <laughs> stories. And we were just saying it's so um, fantastic and really, uh, really impressive that you've started this podcast when obviously it's so hard to travel at the moment and a lot of your cohort would be really itching to go um, mm -hmm. on your programs. So I think taking this step and the amount of podcasts you've put out has been uh, really phenomenal and it's an opportunity to inspire more people even though um, they might not be able to travel overseas or go on the program right now to still want to do it in the future. Yeah, it's really keeping that like thirst for Asia and that thirst to like get out there and do things alive. Mm, love that. Yeah, there's just so much happening and ASIP is a classic example. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I'm, just, I'm trying to do my best. I think it's just uh, to, I guess, to scratch the itch that I have. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Nash. Thank you, Haley, for the kind words. And I hope all, I wish you all the best. Uh, Haley, with your new role with ASIP, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Um, even though a lot of the travel can't be done, the virtual and digital events I've been to, uh, one of them, and top-notch, top-notch. Uh, can't say anything better. <laughs> yeah, we look forward to seeing you at the next one, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> and Nash, um, all the best with your new role. Um, and Thanks. Uh, yeah, hope to keep in contact and wish you both the best. Thanks, Thanks Andrew. Andrew. Bye. A massive thank you to Haley and Nash for giving up their time to talk about their experiences on the scholarship in Singapore, but also to speak about their experiences with the NCP interview, as well as their thoughts on the ASEAN region and why they actually started this initiative and why they're so actually so passionate about it. It's really incredible to see what scholars and alumni are able to achieve. And thank you so much for listening to episode 17. This is season one. Um, episode 20 will be the final episode for this season. And next season, I'll be 
changing things up the format the guests as well and what type of content i'll be producing so stay tuned and thank you for listening